When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, I'm Chad Young and welcome to the month of August. As far as I'm concerned, once we're into August, we're into the stretch run. It is time to put the pedal to the metal. Try to get your teams over the top, and we got all the updates you need to do that. Starting off with our news and notes, the Mariners were busy on Sunday. First, they play Julio Rodriguez on the IL after he was hit on the wrist on Saturday. X-ray is negative, but he will need some time off. It's just a huge shame. He's such a fun and exciting player, and the Mariners have been incredible lately when he's in the lineup, not so much when he's not. Dylan Moore also placed on the IL. Between those two needing time off, there was room for Jared Kelnick to come back. Kelnick has been crushing AAA, and he's brought his strikeout rate way down lately. He should get a shot to prove himself. He should have some time to play. I would buy in right now. I'm trying to add him in a couple of places. However, he did come in Sunday for three plate appearances and strike out twice, so not off to an auspicious start. There was a concern the Mariners were also going to lose Ty France, but sounds like he just needs a couple days. He will not be placed on the IL. Great news for the M's and for his fantasy managers. The Pirates got Brian Reynolds back from the paternity list. He went 0-4 for 4 with a couple of strikeouts. To make room for him, they optioned Diego Castillo to AAA. The rookies flashed some pop and has a double-digit barrel rate, but everything else is a mess. Some time in AAA, not a terrible idea. The Royals recalled Carlos Hernandez. He was better in AAA lately, but his season has not been good. And as of right now, he's not listed as a probable starter for any upcoming game. So nothing really to see here from a fantasy perspective. The Rays optioned Josh Lowe to the minors. He needs to strike out less and ideally make more hard contact. Presumably that's what he'll be working on in Durham. This should mean Roman Quinn and Luke Fraley continue to get time alongside the newly acquired David Peralta. The Angels sent Chase Silseth back to AAA. He's not been able to find MLB success to match his minor league performance. I'm sure he'll get another shot soon, though. The Giants acquired Dixon Machado from the Cubs, plugged him into the lineup at shortstop against his old org on Sunday. Machado joined the roster after Tyro Estrada was placed on the seven-day concussion IL. In his first start as a Giant, Machado hit seventh and played shortstop. He was one for three with a single, struck out a couple of times, did score one of the Giants' four runs in that one. Chris Bryant removed from the Rockies game Sunday with left foot soreness, hopefully just precautionary. Brian Hayes scratched from Pittsburgh's lineup with left knee discomfort. He's listed as day-to-day. Some returns expected today. Zach Davies coming back from the IL for Arizona will start at Cleveland. Davies has had a decent year and he's a decent streaming option going forward, but he hasn't pitched in a month and didn't go on rehab, perhaps in order to be back in time to be traded at the deadline. But regardless, I don't think he's a good bet for many innings today. Reliever Andrew Chafin will be back with the Tigers as they come back from Toronto. And the Padres expect to get back both Nick Martinez from the paternity list and Will Myers from the IL. 
Martinez is a key cog in that bullpen, which is a little bit of flux right now. And Myers, who knows what they'll get from Myers. The Mets, in addition to expecting Jacob DeGrom back on Tuesday, will be adding Trevor May to the pen Wednesday and James McCann to the lineup on Thursday. Not sure there's a ton of fantasy news in those two updates, but thought you should have them anyways. It also looks like there will be Tuesday return dates for Rich Hill and Matt Manning. Hill, though, will get Houston. Tough matchup. Manning hasn't really been very good regardless, so probably just in case we want to wait and see how they do. Freddie Peralta, another starting pitcher, ready to rejoin a rotation. He will be back with the Brewers this week, although the exact date is TBD. And we may get Jesus Lazardo back even sooner than those guys. He was back with the Marlins on Sunday. They do not have an announced starter for Monday, and it looks like he will be the guy. Very curious to see what he can do back home against the Reds. On to Sunday's on-field action. Matt Chapman continues to absolutely scorch the ball. Two for three with a home run, a run, two RBIs. As of July 4th, he had an 88 WRC+. He now has a 125 on the season. Just those, you know, four weeks, three and a half weeks, that's how much he's raised his season line. Just an absolutely insane run. Corey Dickerson, three for four with a home run and a double for the Cards, driving in three and scoring two. Has not been a good year for Dickerson, but if the Cards drop multiple current MLB pieces in a trade for a guy like Soto, as they are currently rumored to be trying to do, Dickerson may need to play more, and he's been better lately. Since July 1st, just 39 plate appearances, but four home runs, six doubles, 17 runs, and 19 RBI. The Phillies' three, four, and five hitters, Alec Bohm, JT Realmuto, and Nick Castellanos, were a combined 11 for 15 with six runs and four RBIs, including a double and a home run from Bohm. Really nice to see Castellanos hitting the ball well, too. He's really struggled all season. Bohm's been quietly excellent over the last month, maybe even a little more, but a 400-plus BAPIP has a lot to do with that, and I don't think he can keep it up. Hunter Renfro not only hit his 19th home run, he went four for four on Sunday. Renfro missed the start of July, but had a terrific month, including six home runs and just 62 plate appearances. He really turned his season around in mid-June, and I think you can count on him as a solid power source moving forward. In his MLB debut, James Outman, three for four with a home run and a double driving in three and scoring two. The Dodgers just print talented players. Outman has a really nice minor league track record, could be worth a gamble in deeper leagues. Jerickson Profar heating up and was two for four with a home run, a stolen base, a couple of runs, and an RBI on Sunday. He was also leading off for the Padres. That's a spot he may be in more and more often. Other home runs around baseball. Javier Baez hit his 10th. Paul DeJong hit his third. Kyle Schwarber hit his 33rd. Anthony Rizzo's up to 25. DJ LeMahieu at 11. Hunter Dozier hit his 10th. Sal Perez seems to be heating up, and he got number 13. That's his second since coming off the IL on Friday. Brandon Jury, there's some eyebrows raised when he was left out of the lineup thinking maybe a trade had happened, but he came in to pinch hit and hit his 20th on the season. Anthony Santander has number 19. Charles LeBlanc, who I literally never heard of until I started researching this podcast, is apparently having a very strong season in AAA and got his first major league home run for the Marlins on Sunday. Jesse Winker hit his 9th, Ramon Laureano his 11th, Jose Abreu his 12th, Eloy Jimenez his 5th, Brian Servant his 4th, Luis Arias his 6th, and Jose Miranda his 10th. Stolen bases on the day, Kevin Newman got his 4th, Andrew Benintendi stole his 5th, Franmil Reyes caught the Rays napping and stole his 2nd, I really can't believe he has 2. On a similar note, Marcana got his 2nd, Jose Altuve stole his 9th, Yuli Gurriel his 7th, Gavin Lux his 6th, Marcus Simeon, his 19th, and Luis Gonzalez 
got number nine for the Giants. On the hill, Jose Barrios gave up eight runs and two and two-thirds to the Brewers on June 26th. Since then, he has given up 12 runs total over six starts and 36 innings. Sunday, he went seven versus the Tigers, getting a quality start and a win, allowing just one run on three hits with six Ks and a walk. He threw 48% sinkers and four-seamers, 48% fastballs, versus 36% curves and 16% change-ups on Sunday. Earlier in the year, he was regularly over 60% at fastballs. Through that Milwaukee start, he had had 15 starts and 14 times he had been over 50% fastballs, including five times at 60% plus. Since then, as he's turned his season around, he's been under 50% fastballs in five of his six starts. He hasn't been over 54.3% in any of them. That may be helping drive this improvement, and if so, suggests it might be sustainable. Andre Pallante stymied the Nats, going eight shutout, allowing just five hits and a walk while striking out eight. He had 12 whiffs and a 33% CSW. In today's SP Roundup, Nick Pollock notes that watching Pallante, he felt he was effectively wild, not really able to locate, but was getting away with it. That does not give me a lot of confidence as he faces tougher offenses in the future. Aaron Nola didn't go deep, but went deep enough. He got a win and a quality start with six innings of one run ball, striking out eight, allowing six hits and a walk. Very nice effort for him. Opposite him, JT Brubaker reminded you that he is a streaming option and no more, and that you don't stream him against the Phillies. He gave up seven runs on 12 hits over four and a third innings. No offense in Atlanta where both starters, Max Reed and Merrill Kelly, went seven shutout. Kelly allowed three hits and two walks, striking out eight. Freed Cade five and walked two, allowing just four hits. Freed is just a stud. Kelly feels like he should regress, but I'm just rolling him out there for now. Jordan Montgomery gave up four runs on four hits in four innings on Sunday. That's the second straight time he's been chased early after giving up four runs. And this time it was versus the Royals. Last time it was the Mets, or at least a good offense. He struck out six, but walked two. His velocity was up. He had 16 whiffs on 79 pitches. He had a 35% CSW. I think you just keep throwing him out there because he is better than those results suggest. Aaron Ashby doing just fine until a fifth inning error led to five unearned runs before he was pulled. He ended up with four and two-thirds, striking out six, walking three, and allowing five hits along with those five unearned runs. There continues to be a lot of good, but without a complete package for Ashby. It's coming together, but it's taking time. Nick Lodolo, however, is progressing quite nicely. Six innings pitched for him, allowing a run on four hits. He struck out seven and walked two. Thrilled with what I'm seeing from him and happy to have him where I do. Austin Voth went five shutouts, striking out six and walking none, while allowing four hits and, yeah... That is impressive in Cincinnati. Even against the Reds, that's still a tough place to pitch. His next start should be the Pirates, too, so if you're looking for a streamer that day, he could be an option. Shane McClanahan seemed well set up for his 11th win facing a Guardians bullpen day, but the guards sort of did their thing, drawing three walks, only striking out four times, and getting McClanahan for seven singles and five earned runs. His fastball velocity was way down. He averages 96.8 on the year, but he was 95.2 on Sunday. Despite that, the Guardians managed just one hard-hit ball off him. I would watch the Velo the next time out, but for now, I think this is just a hard luck night for him. Pablo Lopez, yikes. Six runs on 12 hits and two and two-thirds with just one strikeout. But hey, he didn't walk anyone, so that's good, right? Yeah. I'm writing this off as the Mets being the Mets and hoping this somehow lowers his trade price so he ends up with my Guardians. I'll keep rolling him out there, but it wasn't real pretty. George Kirby remains on a short leash, but two runs on three hits with seven strikeouts and a walk through four innings versus Houston. Yeah, that'll do. 
You may never get him through the fifth inning this year, though, and that is if he isn't shut down entirely, but he looks like a future ace. Jake Odorizzi may be auditioning for a new job, and he did it well, going seven shutout versus Seattle, striking out eight, walking two, allowing just two hits. I think I'm probably too late, but I would be buying in on Odorizzi. I will also bail on him at the first sign of trouble. Dylan Cease did his thing going six innings, allowing a run on four hits with seven strikeouts. He only walked one, and again with him, I always love seeing those low walk totals. Reed Detmers, he's legit, y'all. Yeah, it's just Texas, but 12 strikeouts over seven innings pitched with one run on three hits. Yeah, you don't love the three walks, but man, buy and buy now. After giving up nine runs last time out, Sean Manaya bounced back nicely versus a solid Minnesota lineup, going six, allowing two runs and four hits, striking out seven and walking three. He did allow two home runs, so that's not great, but at least it's a step forward. Finally, I had some concerns about Carlos Rodon. His velocity's been down a bit. He's been giving up more hard-hit balls than normal, and it's led to some poor luck as much as anything else. But Sunday, seven shutout innings of two-hit ball with 10 strikeouts and no walks. That'll go a long way to easing my fears. His velocity was still down. He did still allow five hard-hit balls, which doesn't sound like a lot, but there weren't that many balls in play to begin with. So I'm not totally letting him off the hook, but man, that was a awfully nice start. And as for the bullpens, Jordan Romano notched his 24th save with a 1-2-3-9th, including a pair of Ks. Para closers got decisions in the Atlanta-Arizona game as Mark Melanson took a walk-off loss. That left Kenley Jansen with a win. A rare blown save and loss for Clay Holmes. He went just two-thirds of an inning, giving up three runs on a hit and a walk thanks to the Sal Perez homer. I don't think this puts his job in danger. It obviously shouldn't. Alexis Diaz went one and a third with a couple strikeouts for the Reds, but he allowed a home run to tie the game. That was his second blown save on the year. Felix Bautista could not hold the lead, though, so Diaz ended up as the winner. Buck Farmer followed him for his first save of the year. Interestingly, Diaz came out in the seventh, not usually the closer spot, but I still think he's the most interesting reliever in that bullpen. Emmanuel Classe, stellar as always, going 1-2-3 for his 23rd save and striking out one in the process. Liam Hendricks put away his 20th with a couple Ks and one hit allowed. Jonathan Hernandez got his first save of the year for Texas and in the process threw the two fastest pitches a Texas reliever has thrown all year. This was his first career save. There's nothing stopping him from getting more on that bullpen, though. Luis Garcia also got his first save of the year, this one for San Diego. This was the first save opportunity since Taylor Rogers was removed as closer. It remains to be seen how long Rogers is out and if Garcia has the job, but he looked the part Sunday. After the game, Bob Melvin said that if they get another save situation Monday, he'll likely go to Garcia again. I wouldn't bail on Rogers just yet, but Garcia may be the guy for now. Before we take a look at today's action, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Welcome back. Let's jump into Monday with a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, the beginning of August, today is the first day of August. Looks like it'll be very similar to the last couple weeks in July. Pretty warm and dry. Um, scattered showers across the south, but really not many games in the south today. And the games that are in the south are going to be in retractable roof stadiums. So moral of the story is I don't see any issues with pot- uh, potential delays or po- postponements. Have a good one. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for streamers on Monday, Cal Quantrill may be available, and against Arizona could be a good play. Spencer Watkins versus Texas should be available, and I think he could have a decent start. 
As for where I'm starting my hitters, Marco Gonzalez at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, the Yankees should have plenty of opportunities in that one. The Marlins get Hunter Green, and we know he can be homer prone. I think he'll actually have a decent start, but I think there's a good chance that if you've got some Marlins, they could hit a homer or two off of him. Andrew Haney back on the hill again, and I'm going to be watching that one closely. Just very curious to see if he can stay healthy and keep up his strong season. That's probably where my eyes will be on Monday. Don't forget to read the SP Roundup, Batters Box, and Reliever Ranks. With that, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.